You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know I'm man. Have a listen. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Mariners podcast. It's great to be back with you all after what's been a, a pretty good start of the season all told, in, in not just in terms of the Mariners but in, in football in general. Um, joining myself, Chris, on this occasion is the usual suspect. Ronnie Pete, you alright mate? I am, very good. Good to see you. Um, looking rather dapper in your new Shields hoodie. Oh, I love it. Birthday present. Fantastic. I haven't had it off since. The, you haven't had it off? The top. Another top. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard another laugh in the background there. That belongs to our special guest on this occasion. Um, someone who's been part of the fabric of the club for many years. Um, and we're delighted to have him join us around the table on this occasion. Um, Welcome to the Mariners podcast, Andy Morris. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Excellent. Excellent. We're going to get some insight on a few things behind the scenes at the club with Andy. And we'll look forward to that a little bit later. But first of all, let's get down to football. And it's been a pretty impressive start to the season for Shields. Um, Nine league games, no defeats, two draws, seven wins, 23 points, um, which... Andy, um, you mentioned just off air before we came on there, um, it's actually eight points more than what we were at the same time last year. It's been quite a start. It has, yeah. I think I think anybody would have took that um, at the beginning of the season. I know um, I've seen some comments, obviously, with a couple of draws at home, which is obviously, yes, it's disappointing, but I think you would have took them them points in that total, seven and two after nine games, um, without a doubt. And like I said, if you compare it with last season's nine games, then, yeah, we're, we're, we're well ahead um, even on goals scored and conceded as well, it looks it looks pretty good. Due no, in no small part, Ronnie, to the away form, it's been absolutely oh, yeah. well perfect in many respects. Hundred percent record, and I think some of the performances away from home as well. It's not just the results we're getting. I mm-hmm. suppose. I think if if I think back to Witten, we did grind that one out. Can you remember anything about Witten? Yeah, loads. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw you, you were half cooked. Well, I still remember. And then you just recap, recap on um, the next day on the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't do that? The <laughs> home game. <laughs> oh no! So the win game, yeah. I mean, it started off, started off pretty sketchy, but you know, the the quality paid off in the end. The, the one I was most uh, most impressed with was Scarborough in the first half. Like they just could not handle us. Uh, our front two just battered through them. Midfield, we 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 just dominated. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Nathan had to go off with his hamstring injury yeah. uh, on three G pitch and stuff. But I think you know we throughout the last few seasons in this league, we've had ups and downs with the waveform. Um, but like hundred percent record at this stage. Coming into October, with the performances to match, it's it's very 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 good. The one of the things that that, that stuck in my mind that I didn't get down to Scarborough, um, but I listened to it on Coast Radio or whatever it was. Yeah. And first half you could tell that we were in charge, but the second half, the way the commentators were going on, it sounded as if we were like being pegged right back, battered and under the cosh. And I was talking to a mate of mine a couple of days later who said. We never looked like conceding. We, no, we didn't. Um, the way no. they were talking as if they were at the Alamo or at times, you know? Yeah, I think what must have happened, I think their managers 
Jonathan Green, isn't he? The ex, yeah. ex uh, Man United player in Middlesbrough. I think they, they must have just got a bollocker in half time. Mm-hmm. And they've come out is it a little bit better, a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. But they never really uh, bothered us um, yeah. at the back. It was just, they just made it a little bit harder for us in defence and in the middle. But, you know, I think the game was already won. We yeah. just. I think there's been a few games kind of like that where we haven't really looked under the cush. I mean, you mentioned yeah. Witten. Uh, and that's one of those games where Witten didn't even have a shot at goal. No. Yeah. Andy, there was a golfing class, I thought, that day. Yeah. A big golfing class. Well, we do, I, 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 I remember something. Uh, <laughs> Graham was really angry the first he half. He was the first half. He was uh, like an angry I, think, I don't think they were moving the ball quick enough. Yeah. And they weren't pushing up. Um, he was on to Darius and, and Tums. For holding it up. The, the first half. But then they brought Will Jenkins on. And he just injected a bit of energy into the play. I remember like he's using his body to hold off uh, a couple of their players and I think that just upset the rhythm and him coming on was just the, uh, the catalyst to us mm. taking those points. Going to Witten, we'd never won there before. We've yeah. done things this season so far that we've never done before and that, that augurs well when you consider that arguably the home form has been hit and miss. Absolutely. We've done things that we've never done before. We've gone to Witten and won. You know, August Bank Holiday Monday historically is tough because it's Saturday Monday. We've yeah. gone and put a great shift in there um, at Scarborough. Radcliffe four goals away from home. Yeah. Couldn't should have been more than four, Andy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think I think everyone's looked at the the chances were hard. I mean, how often do you see Briggsy miss a penalty? As I know well? it's not very often. Um, but I, I think I think if it had been six or seven, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have argued at all. No. And looking at the highlights, actually, it should have been six, seven, eight, because that was the night. Obviously, um, Matlock put nine past Witten. Yeah, that was. And then everybody's talking about the, Matlock's goal difference, or the run, and then they go and get beat off Stafford on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I lean that minute. Like we said before, we'll come on here. There's, there's a lot of teams quite not consistent. No. And if any team can put a little bit of consistency together. There's a chance to open up a little bit of a gap. I was I was just wondering, Chris, you probably will be able to help us with this. Chris was saying that uh, Tuesday, Saturdays, Tuesday, Saturdays, Tuesday, Saturdays. So obviously, <clears throat> you're gonna get injuries. We've had a few injuries, a few pretty bad injuries. Not a lot though, but we've got a big squad. Whereas biggish. Yeah, I think in relative to a lot of the teams in um, in the league. So I wonder if the inconsistency is the number of injuries that these clubs are picking up so one day you can have your full strength team out the next like a few days later you've got another game away maybe one or two are missing and maybe i don't know if it's that i don't know what you think it, Andy, it, 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 it possibly is i think i think that that's probably going to be something that happens all the way through the season for everyone yeah and that's regardless of whether you're part-time or full-time because yeah. you can see it happening at the top of the game in the premier league people's injuries yeah. because of the pandemic people haven't had that football uh, yes you can train as much as you want at home and, and outside of the game but it's not the same um, and, and you are going to start getting like overuse injuries yes you can do nothing about I suppose impacts and kicks which happen normally but muscle injuries I think there probably is going to be a little bit of a spike through the season mm-hmm. with them without a doubt Is it a case that uh, players obviously players always want to play but there might be a little bit of tightness in the muscles off like a few days ago and you you can stretch as long as you like. You're still gonna get a bit of tightness in there, and is 
if if the if if you then like go into a challenge and you overstretch during the match while you've got tightness, there's more is there more risk of injury because of that? Um, not necessarily more risk. I mean, it's it's not uncommon for players to play with little niggles yeah. and knocks. You know, at the end of the day, football's a contact game. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's just assessing what is that risk. So is that is that player at risk of injuring themselves if they are? Usually, you know, we'll decide as as a management team, as in like, do we play this person? Do we not? Um, uh, and, and the same with training do they train do they not do mm. they need a bit of treatment outside um, but yeah it, it, I think through the season then then yeah people are going to have tight muscles like you said yeah. you, can, you can stretch as much as you want it doesn't just go away in a yeah. couple of days yeah. um, sometimes it, it is a case of reducing training load or with players who haven't been playing you may want to increase training load yeah. so there's, there's a fine balance you mentioned fine balance I was really interested to, to listen to Graham when we had the pre-season session with Graham and John and talked about Darius of how he mm. he his body has taken time to to reattune to full-time football. Yeah. So he's gone from full-time to part-time back to full-time uh, and his body has needed time to readjust again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the players do, even even some of the guys who, you know, they're obviously they're training here now more than what they have done previously. And uh, bodies do need time to adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they do do. You, you tend to see in a football season that you usually get to the end of the season. So you start getting to February, March time and injuries start reducing because they've just had four or five months of bodies yeah, adapting. Fin- yeah, and the end of the season, you don't really want it to stop. <coughs> but yeah. then the season does stop in May you then have two months of kind of underload ah, right. and you start pre-season again and the mm. bodies have to adapt and that's kind of I suppose this season where we've had actually a little bit of training um, through that time and pre-season then maybe we are starting to see a little bit of benefit because I can see from injury records that we probably haven't had as much injury in pre-season as what we had previously yeah because there was like a, a staggered pre you know there was, there was like two or three different sessions wasn't there yeah. there was like a little break and then another session and a break and then full full on so do you do you actually log all the injuries and keep meticulous records of who's had what and when yeah so obviously the, the last few seasons um certainly um i keep a record of, of, of players kind of medical notes as well but obviously looking at how much they've played um because then i can relay that off to, to the management as in who, who possibly needs a little bit of a rest mm-hmm. um obviously recurrent injuries as well which come up all of the time yeah um, with certain players as well but yeah it's good to keep an eye on that because all the way through the season, maybe three, four times a season, I can I can put that across to the management and say, this is where we're at at the mm-hmm. minute. And they can look at kind of minutes, who's playing, who's had injuries. And then again, you can decide with the squad that you've got, who can you actually start shuffling around a little bit. Yeah. There was a lot of disappointment, obviously, at the weekend when we lost in the FA Cup at Mask. Some quite strong views on social media. Um and football is an opinions thing, you know. We all got opinions, and everybody should have the right to wear their opinion. Um, in 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 the short term, yeah, devastating loss, disappointing loss. I think there's no doubt about that. We weren't there, um, for for various reasons, um, but one or two points of view came across that actually, um, is it such a bad thing? We're not going to win the FA Cup. Yes, we might have a decent run, get a little bit of money. But we're not going to win the FA Cup, and at the end of the day, promotion's what counts. And if we're not having to play rearrange fixtures, if we're not having to play replays on a Tuesday night, yeah. um, is it such a bad thing? Plus, actually, <clears throat> at 10-5, to 5, our league position did improve from where it was at 
ten to three, when you consider that Matlock had gone and lost the game in hand. So, um, so, so those when when you say about February, March, April, about um, injuries maybe not occurring because the bodies are, um, it it could be kind of a bit of irony there because actually we're not going to play as many games, so there's going to be a bit more rest time. So is it, is it a double-edged thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, potentially. Um, but I think even even when we start getting into kind of December and January time, I think you're always going to get some games cancelled. Mm-hmm. So there'll, there'll also be some weekend games which do get moved to Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to happen through the season, obviously. Certainly, us and you know you can add more within that as well, um, where uh, we do do a lot of travelling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, look, you, look, <clears throat> you look at when we go down to kind of the likes of Hyde, Witten, you know, we're basically going to the same places, kind mm-hmm. of very, very close to each other. These guys are playing each other quite regularly. They probably uh, drive to games a, and stuff. Just where, around the corner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've got kind of two, three, sometimes four trips. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, on a night time, you can, you're not getting back very late as well. So you've got that added um, kind of uh, to the to the weekly regime as well, which is it makes it difficult, to be fair. Which, may, obviously, people have questioned the full-time um, move that we're not able to attract players that we used to because of the full-time model. But surely a full-time model, when you consider that travel, has to help. Because those lads won't have been at work all day and won't have to go to work the next day. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, also, you, you, you can you can add in, and certainly um, uh, Graham and John and Bry do, where you can add in specific recovery sessions yeah. rather than... <clears throat> You know, lads going straight to work. Um, yes, yes. Wednesdays I don't work at the football club. I do go to work. So you get back at half past one in the morning. I'm at work usually eight nine o'clock the next day. Oh. Um, a full day. So I'm still doing that. Um, and the same with Bry and, and and Phil, the goalkeeping coach as well. So, um, but yeah, with the with obviously with the playing side of things, then yeah, you you can manage that a little bit better with with the full time. Um, so they do get a little bit more recovery. You can tailor training sessions to it. And like you said, hopefully we'll get the benefit of that. I think, again, I've seen on kind of social media that the full-time thing come out, and I think we'll get bad with it all season of, of, of opposition teams. But yeah. uh, we've only been kind of operating for 10, 11 weeks as kind of this full-time. You know, it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. for that to even have an yeah. effect. It's a bit of a target on our backs, isn't it? Like yeah. when, when teams come out to Mariners Park, <clears throat> they're kind of, they're part of the bus, but you can see they get like like a lot more out of the the players. There's a lot of effort, and it's like. But if you look at the games this season, FC United. Oh, they were brilliant. They raised their game. Yeah. Compared to what, if you look at their league record, they yeah. must have raised their game twenty percent that night. I don't think they'll play like that again this season. They were that they were second brilliant. half was unbelievable. We we were right pitch side. We were right yeah. by the action, and they were significantly quicker. Than second we half. were, particularly in the early stage of the second half. Yeah, yeah. The energy levels were incredible. If you look at Ashton, you know they came. They, they, these teams are raising their raising their games. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think uh, th- those are the kind of teams where they have got good players. They've mm-hmm. got good management. They'll have good training sessions. Um, and sometimes you do have to just take your hat off and go FC United. You played better than us in the second mm-hmm. half, and not go down the. How's that happening to a full time team? And it's no, like you know, no, just, it's kind yeah. of just take your hat off and say these guys played pretty well. The same as Saturday against Mosque. Yes, you can say, I suppose you know we didn't turn up, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. And I agree, it's probably the worst we've played this season. 
but you've got to take your hat off and away. You've done a job on it, them. Yeah, it is a bit of lazy criticism just to kind of say, well, we should always win because mm-hmm. right, football's not as simple as that, right? It, it is, it's more complex. Our Simon, who, who isn't available at the minute, at the minute for the podcast for various reasons, um, he's always said, you know, this league is arguably the toughest of all the divisions at our at this level of the pyramid. Yeah. Because of the 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 saturation of clubs in the northwest, etc. There's a massive pool of players from over there. Yeah. A lot of them are ex pros. Yeah. Or ex academy players, management are ex pros or ex you know, and it's it, it's a bloody strong league. Yeah. And I think you look at Mosk, who's even in the kind of level below us, but you look at the experienced players they had in there. They could the, the half and I'm saying they could play the half played well below uh, above that level. Um, well, it was like us when we were in that league. Yeah, we yeah. were beating uh, like Darlington, York, yeah. York, York City, Darlington. Yeah, and playing Hartlepool. So it's just because you're a league below, it doesn't mean that you're you're that bad of a team. Yeah. Because it just it's it's more complicated than that. Also, <laughs> what I found, I watched the highlights. The finishing was outstanding. Yeah, three great finishes. Three great finishes. Yeah, the first goal, mis- defensive mistake, but by they didn't half punish with. Uh, they yeah, were fantastic yeah. finishes. You can see why he's on eighteen goals already, can't you? Blum and neck, what yeah. a finish that yeah, was. Decent, yeah. So I think the other thing as well about, and I think this has got something to do with how it's like on paper it looks a bit easy, right? But if you think about our circumstances. We're in our third season now, after two null and voids, where we would have went up. That heaps a lot of pressure on it because there's a bit, a bit of like, we have to do that this season. So that that'll be on the players' minds, mm-hmm. but also it's on the fans' minds. So everything just becomes kind of perpetuated into a oh no, we, we, we might not win the league because we, we haven't played well in, in the FA Cup. Let's get more people in. Let's get more players. It, it's like knee-jerk reactions <clears throat> but I think the players will feel it sometimes so it, sh- it needs to be up to the fans as well to recognise that and kind of have a bit more patience than what the scenario is but it also makes Graham's job a hell of a lot harder because he's got to keep everyone's uh, like everyone calm and everyone's feet on the ground I've got two things to say to that one is that by the away form is better than the home Ooh. you know that's one that, 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 but that's just you know that's just is it it's a question. But secondly, um, I've lost my train of thought now. I'll come back to it. But I think sometimes with it, certainly you, you mentioned the home. I think, you know, it, it's it's well known. Teams do raise the game against us. Yeah. And I think when they come up here, they also raise the game because you're playing in front of 16, 17, yeah. 1800 fans. And a lot of them are South Shields. Yes, some bring, you know, a couple of hundred mm-hmm. like yeah. FC. But you're still playing in front of 16, 1700 where apart from FC United who are used to it at their ground mm-hmm. as well but other teams sometimes aren't and that can raise your game you've got a great yeah, crowd yeah. I mean wait till that stands open wow wow. you get like more adrenaline don't you yeah. in, in that kind of crowd and that, doesn't, gives that, you more that doesn't just give like us as a home team adrenaline it gives the away yeah, team it always, as well. yeah because yeah. it's like backs against the wall now. you get more mm-hmm. more adrenaline pumping no doubt about it so of course Saturday coming Warrington mm-hmm. you know um, perpetually difficult opponents it's going to be a tough, tough game. But I read with a bit of interest that they're struggling to get fans to come up on Saturday. Well, they, they can't put a bus on because they can't get the numbers. There's no which demand. I was wondering whether that's a sign of, you know, hopefully that the fans 
I mean, they're not doing very well in the league. Uh, but the fans might think, well, they're, we're, we're not, they're not that good this season, hopefully. Well, I think that's probably, that's hopeful rather than anything. It'll be a tough game I on think Saturday. We'll win. I think we'll win. I, I, I think that um, what I was looking to, to say before was the fact that um, the, the pressure of being full-time, as you've just said before, Andy, is the fact that it takes a little bit of time you know, for the full-time factor to, mm. to kick in. Um, we're still probably just bedding in. Mm. You look at players that we've, that we've, we've not lost, but you know, that we've been without Nathan Lowe, you know, we've been without Jordan, albeit for one or two games, but we didn't have Blair Saturday. I'll defy any team to be without some of the best players and continue to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the squad, I, I, I read with interest, you look at the back page of the poem, the match programme, normally our our squad fills the whole back page. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually this season, it's nowhere near that and other teams have actually got bigger squads, which probably puts what you, what you said earlier, actually, Ronnie, to be quite correct in that... Um, Mi- We've got mixing two the extra players, players haven't we, though, this week? <laughs> well, there's, well that's, that's the thing, you know. We've brought Dan Martin in from Accrington Stanley, yeah. Callum Stead from Hitchin. Um, Dan played on Saturday. Yeah, he played, he's played obviously as a wing back on, uh, on Saturday. Oh, right. Obviously, first time seeing him um, and, and, looked, and looked okay, to be fair. Yeah. Um, difficult just looking at one game for me. I'm not a coach, I'm a physio, but he looked. Um, oh, come he, on. He looked. Um, you know, you, he, he looked. Know the game. <laughs> he looked. Uh, he looked. He looked done okay to me. Um, no, but I, I think it's it was a difficult one in that yes. performance. To be fair. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And then yeah. and then of course we're without Blair. Yeah. You know it, who. Uh, it's experience, isn't it? When you look at it's not just saying that you know that it's player, it's quality and experience. When you look at the likes of Blair uh, and Nathan. Um, yeah. And Jordan, even Jordan. now, you know, an old Jordan still, um, a young lad. He's got, he's got some experience yes. now. Where some of the yeah. other kind of younger academy lads who are coming through might not have the experience that someone yeah. like Jordan has. That's a good point, right? You, you, you're going down the mask. You're expected to win. You find yourself one, two nil down. Who? You, that's where you're looking at your your experienced players like Nathan Lowe and uh, Blair Adams to kind of g you up a little bit. Look around, and mm. there's not many of them there. That's that's a good point. For me, one of the one of the big things, and, and and Graham said it not just on the last podcast, but previously that the squad was changing. They were bringing the average age of the squad down, but they were going to look to streamline it and bring in quality rather than quantity. Yeah. And if you look at the um, the players we've brought in the recruitment over the summer. Um, Bloody good, yeah. If you look, you know, if you look at the Jack Bodenham's come in, it's got the makings of being a Rolls yeah, Royce looks, of a defender. He looks, uh, he looks classic. He doesn't look like he he's overawed by this mm-hmm. level. No, panic. a lot, especially the physicality. A lot of um, like under twenty three mm-hmm. players from clubs come and kind of like, what on earth is this? I'm getting battered. But he oh, seems to be able to cope with that physicality. I like Jackie's in it. He's quite laid back. He'd be horizontal if he was any more laid really? back. But, but, I, but I like that. Yeah. yeah. On the pitch where he's quite calm. Yeah. But that comes across on the pitch. Yeah. There's no panic composed, in him. Composed, doesn't he? And if you look at the... If you go from that, laid back, composed, and you look at the energy of, that Connor T's brought, mm. 
I mean, he's as fit as a fiddle, that lad. And scoring as well. Scoring some good goals. Um, um, Will McGowan starting to just peek his head above the parapet. He's got a bit of class about him. He's got a bit yeah. of something. I see, I've noticed um, Will, I think it was two home games in a row, he didn't get on. And I was like outside the, uh, the Mariners, but um, the marquee and twice I seen Will walk past with a, like a face like th- thunder as if to say I haven't gone on again but then when he got his start you could just tell that there was all that building up and it's like mm. I, I need to prove I'm going to prove myself here so I get on this pitch and that's so, what's that's what's usually yeah. not necessarily a bad thing when you oh, see totally, it, yeah. Yeah, that kind of you know having getting on upset and, Very you, and, upset. and you're always you're always somebody's waiting for the chance and that's I think, it Certainly, will when he when he's he's had his chance. Obviously, Nathan got injured. Uh, Rossi yeah, had, yeah. had a knock, and he's come in and actually he's done pretty well. To be fair, that yeah. goal against Ashton was pure Brilliant. pure quality. Yeah. That Brilliant. was the one bit of quality in the game. We just needed one more. We didn't come sadly. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? You're looking for especially the younger lads to to feel that hurt that yeah. they're not playing. Like Sam Hodgson's the same. He if he doesn't get on, he can seem like. But, but that's what it should be about. But they're chomping at the bit to get on, and, and yeah. that, that's why I think this squad is probably our best squad because you've got these uh, these youngsters chomping at the bit and make a difference, and they're not just kind of like just playing through the motions like an older pro would. And, and um, Tumbo's come in, scored yeah. goals. Yeah. It's different to Jason Gilchrist. You know, Gilly. To me, looked like a player who really would really suits a four four two or a four three three type of formation, where he plays as the central striker and he's fed. Fed like crosses on the ground yeah. and where Tumba and 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 Darius can play anywhere across that line. Don't necessarily have to be fed; they can feed, and but they feed off each other. And, and, and he's given us a bit of a bit more aerial threat. A, a little. A little bit, probably a slight, a little bit of extra pace, not lightning pace, but a little bit, which is where the signing of Callum Stead has probably excited a few people because reading the reports and the tweets and everything about him from the Hitchin fans, that this lad's quick. Is he sent forward? Sent forward, and he's quick, really quick. Um, scored four goals in six games at Hitchin this season, and uh, apparent by all accounts, very quick. So that. And that's the one word that you know frightens defenders is pace. Oh, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't necessarily have to have the very best touch in the world, but if you've got pace, defenders are frightened. The thing about <clears throat> our front two, and I don't think we've really seen this for a while, is both of them can get that ball to stick. Mm-hmm. They're like they're very very strong. They 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 don't easily get knocked off the ball, which it's especially away that might be, it's worth its weight in goal, right? Because you've got someone that can hold the ball up, then the rest can can mm. support. Home, it's not that much of an advantage, which is where the pace comes in. So, uh, like the 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 set the front two this season have been sublime. I think very Excellent. very good. I think Colin just adds to the options, doesn't he? You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's it's great having those options. Yeah. Where like you said, if it's pace or hold up or, or whatever you want for the task that you you you're kind of up against, then it's great having those options. Mentioned yeah. the name Callum, Callum Ross. You know, there's a player who actually we missed, you know, when he was missing that game. He, he's a player that's come on massively. 
massive. We've said it before on previous podcasts. You know, he's come on hugely, and he was a big miss uh, yeah. the other week. Um, and he's not allowed to see anything else because uh, he got injured um, at Scarborough um, with that tackle, and literally a couple of days before that, he'd said to me um, in the physio room, he said, "My goal this season." Is to be involved in every single squad, and then two days later, <laughs> yeah, he's out. So uh, definitely put the jinx on himself. The, the good thing, the, the thing about Callum <clears throat> that we noticed when we were doing the commentary last season is his aerial ability. Yeah, just on that deep, that deep midfield role, which allows the two defenders not to have to challenge for that goal, the goal kick or the, out the goalie's hand. He he just wins most of them. He he'll put his name on the ball, and he and he's got it. And that is like it also running skill to have. It means that we've got more options with the second ball. So if it yeah. does hit the back two and they hit yeah. it, he's got more chance of winning the next one yeah. as well. Um, I think he had a, quite a, sl- a slow start to his career in South Shields. He'd uh, be in America for years. But I think he, you 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 probably know this. It looked like he took a little bit of time to physically get up to to where he could be. And as soon as he got to that that physical peak, he's never looked back. Mm. I think as well when he when he come in, now now he's a consistent member of the kind of team. Yeah. As before you think you know we had uh, we had twenty in there. Yeah. yeah. Playing in that spot, so you know he wasn't playing consistent because of that. But now obviously he, he's in that team a lot of the time. You find people do start finding a lot of form when they're constantly kind of. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very good. Um, I'm told actually that. Um, there may well become a little bit of competition in the fitness stakes between Callum Ross and Connor T, because Callum is the probably the fittest, or you know, not necessarily the fittest, but does all the fitness tests better than a lot of other players, and Connor T's outdone him. Yeah, Connor's uh, pretty pretty quick and pretty uh, fit to be fair. Uh, <laughs> Certainly when we're doing the running tasks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit of competition coming in. I think so, Connor T's got yeah. like I, I know he's got quite. A f- a lot of goals but <clears throat> I think there's a lot more to come from him in terms of like when he plays wide create more and, and, and taking he's got the ability to take it take people on with his pace and his skill I think there's more to come yeah definitely from, uh, performance wise from him kind of, that kind of what we've seen kind of be, what we've seen so far can't be anyone's peak can it yeah not really yeah not really when you consider that you know um, we're only nine games in um, and again, I've mentioned to a few people before. You know, we are we're only nine games in. We are only kind yeah. of eight weeks into the season, and uh, you know, mentioned it with the lads who have got niggles here and there. And it's like no, nobody's nobody's actually played Saturday, Tuesday football for for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're back in there. And it is going to take people a little bit yeah. of time. So like you say, there probably is more to come once these guys do start really hitting some proper form. Yeah. Hopefully over the next few months when we start hitting Christmas. So this has been the first week without a Tuesday game, so it's been a full week of training. Um, has that will that have given um, players a chance to kind of regroup and just reset physically? Um, certainly, it's it's good to have a week like this um, every now and again because, like you said, you can't actually you just get together a little bit. But even though you you don't have that game on the Tuesday, the training still tries and replicates that load. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to unload okay. players, yeah. So you actually still want to try and replicate as much as a game as you can. Because if you if if they have too much of break, then bodies start okay. adapting and going down again. So you actually yeah. want to keep that up as much uh, as possible. So you, although you don't have the game, the training can be high load, and then you still have the recovery on the Wednesday, 
Thursday day to day. Yes, you can have some treatments and some uh, some training as well. And then tomorrow, obviously, you're gearing up for Saturday's game. So is that high load, like loads of sprints, and or is it like a not necessarily just sprints? Obviously, games. yes, you can keep on top of them um, on top of um, fitness with kind of cardio. Yeah, but it's also with the ball work as well. So okay. like I said, you're trying to replicate again. So maybe uh, some short side uh, sided games or some kind of 12 minute game mm-hmm. so you're actually keeping them up mm-hmm. to speed rather yeah. than just backing off completely yeah, yeah. so um, in terms of players fitness recovery um, there was one thing I saw a couple of days ago that made me smile and that was um, Nathan Law sporting a brand new pair of trousers which I don't think necessarily you would wear down shields on a Saturday night. I'm thinking that they might look leathery, but I don't think. What well, what are they all about? Andy? So they are they are um, they are recovery um, boots. Um, so the Normatech pulse boots, which I must say, obviously, while I'm here, is thanks to the Simon branch mm-hmm. um, and thanks to the Supporters Alliance who um, happily um, chipped in with funds to purchase them because wow. they are expensive. Um, so they actually kind of done that with some massive thanks, um, but they're getting used yes. quite regular yeah. um, off off quite a lot of the players, um, and it also means kind of you know I'm here on my own most of the time. I do have um, a, a girl called Bethany. Um, if you've ever seen her at the games, um, so she was a student. She's now kind of qualified with her sports and exercise, mm-hmm. um, but still coming in kind of uh, a little bit of the time to kind of help and support as well. Um, but most of the time I'm here on my own, so things like those recovery boots can, you know, I can set a playoff with those for 20, 30 minutes while I'm dealing with somebody else. But there's actually a lot of good science behind these um, from from a recovery point of view. Um, I'm sure people might have seen the likes of Joshua and Gareth Bale with exactly the same kit on, um, but they do use it for, for recovery. What do they do? Um, so basically, it can it, it's kind of like a, a pulse massage up the legs, so you think of all that um, uh, kind of acid that's in your kind of muscles okay. after, and you get that DOMS feeling. Mm. This is kind of, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, uh, some people who say it's a bit of a placebo effect, but there's a little bit of research out there which backs it up that it does work. Um, and the lads have kind of been saying, yeah, the legs can feel a bit fresher after that as well. Oh. So it's usually somewhere between... I should have brought them in, actually. You could have had a go. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I would. I would. But would yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's actually... It's actually you, your, your legs can actually feel pretty fresh after that. I mean, there's, 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 there's other stuff higher out there, with the, the player tech stuff, um, the game-ready stuff where it's like ice and compression stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going in the thousands of pounds, which, you know, as a full-time club... Um, further down the line there's loads of bits of equipment yeah. um, but there's no chance that you're just going to all of a sudden have those funds to just go and buy everything yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's steady progress are those are like electrical pulses is that what like is it like a more more of a compression uh, pulse so it's that, that inflatable so oh, it'll go right okay. the way from the angle of the calf you can you can set this one to kind of uh, uh, either just like a recovery flush or you can use it actually for rehab as well so possibly if somebody's got uh, calf injuries or, or or thigh or hamstring injuries you can actually set the pulse to actually do a, a massage around that area as well it gets it, the blood going yeah, yeah you can set it to what intensity you want so whether it's an acute injury or a chronic one you can set it differently yeah. so they're actually like i said they're actually pretty good um, plus it saves my hands as well of course absolutely yeah. and as a as a as a, um, a recipient of sports massage from time to time it must, it, you know, 
it hurts us getting getting done. Sports massages are horrendous. No, my neck. The ones I get. Dear me. Could have done with them pants down in Southampton. Oh, by the way, Chris, well done on the marathon. Thanks very much. Yeah, Incredible. fantastic. Thank you. Could have done with them. I tell you, I si could have done them with you. Two cramped at the end. Si could have done them with two miles to go. You <laughs> <laughs> probably would have been faster with walking with the marathon. Getting, that's two miles. Getting an email with the photographs of because there was cameras on the route in Southampton all the way through, and we actually ran through St Mary's Stadium. Southampton Stadium and some of the photographs of me with my face I looked yes. <laughs> I, I, I was crying you know, so because I it was hot wasn't it when it was yeah, hot it was the 24 25 degrees cramps, it, was, oh, it was horrific but anyway but anyway you know all these little things you know it, I think sometimes we forget just how important um, supporters are well, you know, we've come such a long way in such a short period of time. Yeah. That at the, at, but at the base of it all is the fan base. Yeah. And if for the alliance and the and the the Saima branch to be able to do something like that, as well as the other things that they do, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to um, as soon as I spoke to Mark Burns, um, and I spoke to Allison. Uh, it wasn't very long before they just said, "Yeah, no mm-hmm. problem." Um, kind of ordered them and within three or four days we kind of mm-hmm. had them that's how quick it kind of happened so like I said a massive thanks to them yeah so basically um, a lot of fans are having a hand in recovery in, yeah exactly yeah Just <laughs> if it gets these players back on the pitch <laughs> all four Fantastic. you know I mentioned for like you know the the comments on on social media it it's human nature to kind of jump on those especially the negative ones but I think if you if you weigh it all up it's a small percentage of fans who, who kind of like, who are a little bit controversial. Mm. The the rest of them like, like are just fully behind the club. They want to do I the think, best for the club. And I think most. I think they are even the ones who could be maybe if you say the word controversial. Um, it's just because they do care. They care. Yeah, it is because they care. They care. It, is. it is. And I it think is. it would probably if they didn't care and they didn't make the comments, you think, well, where have they gone? And football would be certainly yeah. boring if everyone had the same opinion that's it. anyway, wouldn't it? Would be. <laughs> but that's I suppose it's, 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 easy to fo- it's, it's easier to focus on the negative then, and then you've got all this positive stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes it's, it's Hopefully easier. Hopefully what we're doing is just showing what, what's going on yeah. and say, well, actually, I've made that comment there. Was I right or was I wrong? I'm not sure. It just makes, as long as we can get people to think clearly about what the, what the club's trying to do, yeah. what we as fans are trying to do and what we want. Yeah. It can only be a good thing. And speaking of, you know, the the treatments, etc., um, Nathan Law, um, Fence spoke really positively about his recovery. So, is he, recu- is he yes. um, doing all right? Yeah, fab. So, um, Nathan um, has been out three weeks, just gone Monday, um, and this has been his first... Uh, week of training mm-hmm. um, after rehab so he's he's back in kind of training this week um, uh, obviously to see what happens for the weekend mm-hmm. but kind of no reaction so far um, which is like you know for, for the hamstring injury that he had pretty quick to be fair which is good very good hamstrings are just yeah I was going to ask like where, where I was at the game and it did look like maybe the, the 3G pitch could have maybe not have helped with that injury because I think he lost the ball and he was chasing it. And I was just wondering whether that injury would happen on normal grass. Um, potentially, yeah. I'd, I'm not sure the 3G paid that much. It was just kind of during a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was coming to the end of the sprint where a lot of the time when you are slowing down 
from a sprint that is when hamstring injuries can occur when you're putting the brakes on okay, yeah. um, and that's and that's kind of where it came from you could say you know uh, the league don't do anybody any favours not just us when we're playing Saturday oh, that's ridiculous. you've literally got two yeah, games yeah, that's in ridiculous. 48 hours don't get it yeah I mean we've, I've spoken we've spoken on many occasions thankfully this August Bank Holiday Monday wasn't hot but the previous three have been yeah. that one t- t- uh, at Scarborough yeah goodness yeah. me how nobody got hurt, I do not know. Yeah. And, and that, uh, ironically, someone got hurt and it wasn't that hot. Yeah. But that has to just be through fatigue as well. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of, you know, a lot of science will back up that your body needs um, at least 72 hours recovery before you'll go again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at yeah. our level, you know, you're going 48 hours plus a two-hour coach journey and yeah. stuff. And it, it's like I said, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what. I, I suppose it's it's to do with fans. It's bank holiday. You get more fans in. It's all about money. Rather yeah. than going, can we just move these bank holidays to a to a Tuesday night? And I'm sure the clubs as well, Scarborough will prefer it on a on a Monday. The same as what we would if we were playing at home, mm-hmm. because you'll you get to bank holiday. You'll yeah. get people want that work, uh, and you yeah. get more fans in. I was going to say selfishly, I have a time in my life on my bank holiday Monday. <laughs> it's your birthday, isn't August it? August bank holiday Monday. This should always be a game on. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were meant to be a cricket, and the cricket was off, so could have oh. gone. But actually, it wasn't too bad. Listen to the radio. Although I still wasn't drinking at that time, so I couldn't even yeah. have a drink. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was absolutely But, uh, but uh, Actually, some news just come through this week as well. The housing development up across the road from oh, the ground. Yeah. looks going. It's going to um, the council meeting next week. So hopefully um might see some development on the development. Um, development on the development. development. <laughs> so, see, it'd be, in, it'd, be weird, it'd be funny to see houses across the road from the ground. Instead of, instead of corrugated iron buildings. Oh, right, so they lock them factories down. They lock the factories down, yeah. Building houses. Andy, one of the reasons why we felt that we can't need to bring you in is because recently you reached a milestone in, t- in game numbers. Yeah. As physio with South Shields over two spells. Yeah, um, first spell, um, I'd done the first year at Peter Lee, which was the 2013-14 season. Um, and then just due to work circumstances, um, when obviously John King was the manager, um, I, I, right at the end of that season, um, that I, I, I kind of I was sporadically coming in and out, which I didn't think was fair. Mm. Kind of doing one session, then missing two, and doing it. So I had a chat with John and uh, and kind of uh, parted ways for that season, and then came back um, in the two thousand fifteen mm. when obviously we came back to uh, to kind of Mariners. Yeah. Or Phil Tron as it was then. Phil Tron yeah. as it was then. It was a five hundred league game. Yeah, um so I, I kind of I don't know how I knew that to be fair, it was um it was something I'd done a while ago to kind of um to say I haven't missed many league games to be fair. Um from the top of my heads, even since we've come back in two thousand and fifteen, um I think I've missed four games. Um and one league game and the only league game I've missed was the Tag Law, which we won nine one at home. Um Wow. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Unfortunately, I missed that one. Yeah, but it was a uh, it was quite a crapping game apparently. <laughs> it was, but it showed you the pitch. Remember the pitch oh, as well. Was gorgeous, mate. Yeah, but but have I seen you in a team photograph from years previously? In a Shell Shields squad photo. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I came in uh, two thousand and six mm. um, to here when. Um, Mick Taylor was manager mm-hmm. um, with Joe Taylor, his brother, yeah. um, and Gary Stedman. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of came in then um, just to do the pitch side stuff. I already had done kind of, you know, massage and stuff. So I was just doing bits and pieces with the club then. 
um, and then Mickey uh, and Joe um, left that season and Gary Steadman or Studsy, Studsy um, as we know him yep. um, took over that season um, and yeah it kind of snowballed from there really so how has your role evolved at the club since then you look back at the I suppose it would be a more basic role to what you have now how has it evolved um, so from that season um, I actually kind of I was uh, I was actually doing football coaching when I, when I took over um, or say took over when I came in to do that um, and I was actually working for Studsy um, so working South Tyneside Council North Tyneside Council and the local schools doing coaching um, and actually got actually quite interested in rehabilitation and, and injury and stuff while I was here um, so I went and uh, done physio degree um, and then qualified and then snowballed from there so a complete change in a in work situation from then um uh, and like i said qualified as physio been 10 years kind of now qualified um wow. and then like i said snowballed kind of from there really to, to through gary stedman obviously then john king took over yeah. and, um until that time where then jess came in in 2015 yeah. so massive changes i've seen over that oh yeah kind of period uh, of time yeah in every way on and off the absolutely, pitch absolutely um so off the pitch, your role is obviously club physiotherapist. How how often are you with the players in terms of days per week? Um, so I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, only day I'm not here is a Wednesday. Um, I still have a um, occupational physiotherapy job um, outside of here as well, which I've uh, I've maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it's it's pretty good that I've got Beth. Um, mm-hmm. coming in on a Wednesday when I'm not here um, and that works pretty well to be fair because most of the Wednesday stuff is recovery yeah. um, so any soft tissue massage is best well uh, capable to do that um, after a game on a Tuesday mm-hmm. um, so the other times yeah Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday Tuesday mornings I'm usually uh, with the academy so we've got around 50 players in the academy um, age wise as well so I'm uh, with injuries with those guys on a Tuesday morning um, and then I usually come up here um, after I've seen them so maybe it's kind of 11 o'clock 12 o'clock time okay. to see any of the lads after training that mm-hmm. I need to as well um, like I said maybe it's probably not as yet because it's only been 10-11 weeks since the season started anyway but I think Nathan Lowe's a, a classic example possibly where because he can spend more time with players from a rehabilitation point of view and, and, and treating injuries it, it, it can work better yeah. as well where you, you know when you're part time certainly when I'm only uh, last season when you're only here Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday Tuesdays and Saturdays is usually games, mm-hmm. so your only mm-hmm. time you've got really is a Thursday evening from six till nine o'clock. Okay, and then you're setting players. And don't get me wrong, every single player you set them away to do something and they'll and they'll do it. Um, sometimes on a Saturday you maybe turned up to the matches early to see injured players, and the same on a Tuesday night. Um, but that's quite that's like I said, that's quite difficult when you're trying to fit in a lot of players at the one time. Where now I've actually got the luxury of spending a little bit more time with them. And is it a case of is it a case of players coming to you and saying, Andy, I've got a bit of a niggle here. Can you, what do you think? Is it, is it that kind yeah, of scenario? Yeah, absolutely. And, and niggles, uh, you know, niggles are, are something that should be kind of reported to. And don't get me wrong, everyone will, you'll never hear a player saying, yeah, one hundred percent. It's at the, the like I said, it's a contact sport. Yeah, you're never one hundred percent. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you're like, you know, knocks and bruises yeah. and things all over the place. Um, but yeah, uh, certainly when niggles, yeah, that you certainly then you can decide: is this something you can play with, or is it something that's going to get worse? 
um, and, and a simple assessment can can kind of do that. And that's I think that's the luxury that we've got because even you know like I said last year with the hybrid, it's maybe that could happen on say a, on a on a Monday, and mm -hmm. I really don't get the chance to see them till either the Tuesday or possibly even the Thursday sometimes because you have that gap now and there every day something happens. I'm there and I can assess that quickly. Which goes back to what Andy said earlier, Ronnie, about the fact that we're only 9, 10, 11 weeks yeah. in. The, the, hopefully the, the, the real benefits of this will be felt come December, January, yeah, February. Yeah. yeah, and I'm still, even even now, we, we are, like I said, 10, 11 weeks full time-wise, and there's still things to be put in place, there's mm -hmm. still things to develop, and whether that be with the first team or the academy, um, but over a period of time, then you hope things can can actually improve without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask, uh, sometimes you'll get players who will try and play on with niggles when they shouldn't. Are you able to kind of recognise if a player's got a bit of a, a niggle but just trying to play on? Yeah. Or just by the way they, they run? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I'll not mention any names, but you know players in, in, the, in the squad who are absolute war horses yeah. and, and those shield injuries. Um, which it was they used to do in it, um, and I'm sure even some fans will always spot someone on the pitch and go, "Doesn't look quite yeah, right," yeah, um, yeah, yeah. because you can see it. Certainly, if it's yeah. quite noticeable, um, but other times, then yeah, players can kind of shield certain injuries, um, but things like you know, hamstrings, uh, calves, it's very rare you can hide something like that. Yeah. Well, okay, I was going to say that could be quite an advantage if if you see an opposition player doing it and have a word with Graham and say. You're struggling in <laughs> with Darius on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll don't, think of anything. Don't let Graham Fenn here and say that he'll be giving Andy more work to do when he go and watch these videos. <laughs> See how these players run ready for Saturday. <laughs> but I think I think I think I think ninety nine percent of players that you know obviously they're quite truthful and they're quite experienced themselves and mm. they know what they can play with and they know what they can't. Yeah. Um, and you know it'll you know, like I say, when you when you pull a muscle or, or, or anything like that you know you're not yeah. going to be able to play on with that without a doubt knocks and kicks and stuff <coughs> yeah you know obviously i'm sure you see me run on the pitch because it's just a quick assessment with the one meter come on mm -hmm. um sometimes it's for a breather and a drink yes but sometimes it is yeah. to assess yeah. just little kicks and knocks and, and, and kind of can that actually play on with this yeah the hamstring pull is an interesting one because you could see everyone knows what it is and there's like an audible gasp from the uh, crowd normally followed by that be four weeks up, <laughs> four yeah. weeks minimum. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think like like that's that's the classic, isn't it? You know, people. I think people generally know if it's just a simple grade one hamstring. Yeah. It's usually three to four weeks. You can just, uh, and yeah. I th yeah, I think people know that. And it, I think the only thing you'd add to that from a physiotherapist's point of view, yes, it's three to four weeks if you get the right rehabilitation. Yeah. Because if you just leave it, the lighter it is, you'll come back and pull it again straight away. Yeah. It's well, it's well known reoccurrent hamstring injury is a high percentage once you've had one which yeah. is why when obviously Louis coming back it's just got to be managed yes yeah. now a couple of other players who, who are out at the moment have had surgery Jordan Hunter João Gomez so they've had surgery um, clearly you don't perform the surgery um, <laughs> but what, I'm, I'm going to ask you with them having had surgery um, in hospital their recovery their rehabilitation are you part of that, or do they have to go under the auspices of the surgeon? Um, that that's completely um up to the surgeon as well. Mm -hmm. um, the likes of Zhao, um, I've spoke to his um consultant, mm -hmm. um, and happy for me to do the rehab what he's doing now. So, 
Um, at the minute, Zhao is on the training pitch, which is good. Good um, news. Um, hopefully, good. he's going to be back in training within the next, say, 10 to 14 days. Um, whether he'll be back playing or not, I don't know, but as in back in training, yeah. where, where I'm happy for him to go back in, like I said, within the next week or two. What was his injury again? Yeah, like in, was it in knee? Yeah, so it, Zhao's had a, a meniscal surgery, okay. um, which, which um, it was picked up um, just before uh, kind of pre-season um, and it was determined that it, it needed to be done we could have went down the route of, okay. of not doing it right? But, but I think after having a chat with a consultant and Zhao we know it's got to be a collective meeting um, that the risks just outweighed mm-hmm. um, the benefits have continued so to have the surgery um, he's getting in quite quick to be fair mm-hmm. to have it um, and like I said hopefully we'll, we'll have him back in the next couple of weeks fantastic Great. So we go into Saturday against. Well, you were going to ask about Jordan. Well, no, no, Jordan surgery. Jordan surgery. Well, I'm not. Well, it's the same, isn't it? Is it, it, it? Will Will his rehab on his arm be under the auspices of his surgeon? Oh, yeah, but it's his arm, not his leg. Same principles with Jordan. To be fair, where you know he, he hasn't had his review with the consultant yet, so he's only yeah. had his surgery the, just a, a week or so ago. Um, but he's due uh, a review in a couple of days. Um. And then obviously we'll, we'll see what the consultant says from a timeline point of view. Um, but like I said to you previously, it, it, it's not a simple yeah. uh, injury and it's probably looking at, at, at a little bit more long term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I a nasty it, one. It is, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, and I said to, to Jordan at the time, the bonus is, if there is one, is that it is his arm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, when it's yeah. healed um, sufficiently enough, work, I can, you can train mm-hmm. as in train non-contact so from a fitness point of view yeah. yeah okay and you can still kind of do that what we're waiting for really is the consultant to give the go ahead from a contact point of view yes yeah. um, so he's got to be comfortable to land on it again yeah. put his arm out and support himself again and push players off and stuff where at the minute he's nowhere near because there's a the, I remember when my son broke his collarbone it took a bit of time for him to to just trust that because your brain's still protecting it because it knows mm. it's just about training your brain to, to trust that uh, reflex again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, can, you can translate that to kind of any injury, to be fair, when people come back from, yeah, uh, you know, we've mentioned hamstrings already, but that's a classic one where the first time someone sprints after a hamstring injury, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're always that. You'll know that as a runner. Absolutely. You, 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 you don't put in that 100%, yeah. even though the physio is going, I want you to run 100. Yeah. You're backing off a little yes. bit because you, you have got that yes. psychological um, kind of side to it. And until you've done possibly a few sprints and then you start thinking, yeah, it's actually all right. And then this is where the game build-up come, kind of comes in. Yeah. 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 Calves for us. Calves been terrible. It's going to pop. It's going to pop. Great recovery boots for you. <laughs> oh, I'll put them on on Saturday. Saturday's my first. Saturday's my first home game where I'm having a pint. Oh, I, I know. I've already booked the spare room in. <laughs> Speaking of Saturday, massive game Saturday. I know we keep saying it, but it's a huge game because yeah. you know it's it's a, it's a one of the one of the litmus tests of the season. Warrington at home, historically a very very tough opponent. Very rarely get anything out of them. Yeah. Um, and apart from the players we've talked about roughly a clean bill of health we've, we've, we've strengthened with bringing in Dan Martin Callum Stead um, Graham, John Bryde have had the players all week for doing a proper so org as well for for what should be a cracking Saturday afternoon I think we've always had decent games against one oh, yeah. I think we've always had tough games as well we've never yeah. had like an easy ride I'm not sure what the stats are as in um Kind of win losses draws and that, but I mean it ain't good. I don't think the games we've had up here have always oh. been pretty tough, haven't they? Yeah? Real battles. 
I think the last I think one, lately we've had the, the edge over them, I think, the last few seasons. I think last season was um was the FA Cup, wasn't it, where we drew yeah. nil-nil and then yeah, beat them on penalties, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, we beat them in the playoffs in, in uh, oh, 2018, and, uh, 2019, sorry. Um, but I think well, I think everybody knows Warrington's always got a decent side. Yeah. They'll be up there again, I've no doubt, in the yeah. top half of yeah. whatever they've be, done so far. Be this looking season. for a, a, a decent reaction from the defeat last week. I think we'll Just get it. To, yeah, I do as well. I, I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll we'll do well on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's company. been great. Thanks. You're very well, very welcome. Ronnie, have you got anything to add? Nothing. It's been very informative. Thank you very much, Andy. Yeah, really good. I think our listeners will uh, in, get a lot out of it. Yeah, something different, isn't it? Something different. Something different. A bit of everything for everybody. And yeah. Ronnie, it's been lovely to see you in your new hoodie. Thank you. Are you wearing it on Saturday? Yeah, well, yeah, I wear it every day now. I'll get it. <laughs> it's black, yeah. it's slimming as well. <laughs> slimming. Well, ladies, gents, boys, girls, thanks very much indeed for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed a, a very a very different type of Mariners podcast this time, um, but a very, very informative one. Um, on behalf of Andy, Ronnie, and myself, Chris, um, thanks again for listening. Um, we'll be back soon, and hopefully with the opportunities to talk about more positivity as we go through the season. But uh, keep in there. Look forward to Saturday. Let's get behind those lads and get the three points that we so richly need and hopefully we'll deserve after the performance. So from from the three of us here, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca. (laughs) 